0: and why. <laughs> is going on everybody welcome back to the clean sweep podcast which is esny's brooklyn nets podcast i'm here with my co-host danny small how you doing i like the fresh haircut we're both looking baby faced <laughs> how we doing yep. how's your night so far
1: <laughs> i'm doing good doing good looking forward to talking to some nets as um our listeners can't see but yeah matt and i both got haircuts because yeah i was going to nick's media day he was going to nets media day so now we got these young faces after the haircuts. We were uh, we were laughing about that, um, but yeah, on to all, off of our haircuts and onto uh, some Brooklyn Nets stuff. Matt, you were down at media day in Brooklyn. Obviously, pretty cool experience for you. Um, you know, just being there. You know, around this team, there's so much hype around them. Um, you you wrote a couple things already. I know you got a couple things coming out. Why don't you just give um, your overall take on the day and then we'll just go into dive into some more individual players and uh you know go a little deeper into each interview itself
0: the the biggest takeaway that i have on the day is that the fans and the media undergo a completely different experience from the players um and what i mean by that is that the the play or the the fans in the media they hold this day up on this huge pedestal it's the first time to get to see all of these guys um in their new jerseys Talking about their big decision. It's a really exciting time. Uh, media guys are pulling quotes as fast as they possibly can on their cell phones, you know, just trying to rip things out to Twitter, trying mm-hmm. to grab audio clips for articles. Players are pretty bored the whole time. <laughs> they get asked a lot of the same questions. The Nets one, I think, was especially problematic just because there were the Nets don't have the hugest, uh, I would say, like media base. And because of that, there were a lot of. I would say like maybe like more national guys or even like a couple of Knicks guys. So the questions that they were getting asked were just more, I think, like just a little bit more like general in in relation to the team. So I I think that that was the biggest takeaway that I had um, was just that like a great example is at the very end. Uh, a couple of guys finished up their individual one-on-ones and they got up and they all gave each other a round of high fives and like slapped each other mm-hmm. on the ass. <laughs> like we got through it. So I thought that was hilarious because meanwhile, we're all like freaking out like, oh man, I got this great mm-hmm. clip. You know, we're all chatting with each other and um, talking about like what our biggest takeaways are. So it was funny to see that. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's just kind of the vibe of this team, uh, but I don't know. It, it was definitely interesting to see.
1: Yeah, no, that's I can definitely uh, kind of relate. Like at least, you know, I was I was over at Knicks, which was a little different. But the players, you know, for most of them, you know, even the rookies, it's a little ho hum. You know, like they're not they're not as you know invested into it as maybe the players and or I'm sorry, maybe like the media and the fans are. Um, it feels like you know kind of a bigger day for everybody else and the players, but yeah. you know, I mean, it is what it is. This is the first time, like you said. First time that we're seeing all these guys together, Um, you know, the Nets, they didn't really, you know, like there was no like Heedles, you know, big celebration in Barclays Center. Like they didn't do anything big like that. It was kind of like, you know, they made the moves, laid relatively low for the rest of the summer. And now, you know, we're finally seeing everyone together in Brooklyn in uniform. Um, It's definitely cool. Uh, but let's move on. Let's talk some individual guys. Who do you want to start with there?
0: Uh, I, I mean, I guess like I, you got to do it. Well, one, this is of course an order of how they all came out, but Kyrie, like I think that was the biggest, the star of the day. I mean, you weren't, I definitely wasn't sure what we were going to get from Kyrie. I knew he was excited about coming, but I think you really got a, a sense of just how ecstatic he is about this opportunity. Um, he was really candid about a lot of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. mostly his grandfather's death. He really walked us through that entire season last year and like when things went wrong, uh, admitted that he he failed essentially, which I thought was really interesting to hear. And it was powerful to see that live. Um, I'm interested to see if he continues that tone. That's the biggest thing with him is just, you know, he, he can be very passionate about something one day and then he could completely change his tone on it the next day. Uh, and sometimes even go the complete opposite way. So that's what I'm keeping an eye on. But yes, of course, I mean, the early signs are this guy is invested. Um, I'm I'm a little more like reserved about stuff like this, especially with players that are as, uh, I don't want to call them volatile, but I would say emotional I w- I, is what I would probably go with to describe Kyrie. Uh, so I'm interested to keep it, uh, tabs on that. But I was impressed by him. I, I thought that, you know, he's a well-spoken guy. I think we all know that. He's an educated guy. He'd he spends a lot of his time reading and um, he's just interested in a lot of things off the court and uh, I I, th- I think my favorite moment of his of the day was admitting that he needed to go to some sort of therapy um, not to go like too psych psychological mm-hmm. essentially but yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, I think that that is something that's really valuable to bring up not just within basketball but just within anything that's that's something that I think takes a lot of balls to bring up in a lot of ways. Um, cause some people look at that as a sense of weakness. So I, I was impressed by him in short.
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. You know, Kyrie is well-spoken. Like you said, you know, he, he appeared to be getting off on the right foot. You know, he was saying a lot of like the right things, like that, the stuff he said about Boston that was, you know, taking accountability, obviously after the fact and, you know, after it didn't work out, but, you know, he sounded like someone who was reflective of, you know, some of the things that, has gone wrong in the in the past for him. Um but like you said it's you know he's he can be a little you know touch and go from time to time so right. just making sure he's always in that you know that right state of mind that right frame of mind. I mean it's just an organizational thing you got to keep your star you know on on the right path. Like I don't want to say happy necessarily. Um but like you, you know you they have to keep Kyrie close and they they kind of have to keep him um you know, focused on, I guess, just... It's hard to explain, but just not letting what happened in Boston with all this media pressure and scrutiny kind of take over. And really, you know, I think it really did derail their season. I think hundred percent, most of the guys on the team will admit that. And that's the one thing, you know, you obviously worry about with Kyrie. And the other thing I took away from Kyrie's, um, Kyrie's press conference there was the stuff with, like, Durant... Uh, I definitely get that he's saying, you know, all this about, like, we're going to protect him. We're going to make sure he doesn't come back too early. You know, we want to make sure that he doesn't get, like, put, you know, out there too early because he obviously had some um, some feelings about what what happened with Durant in the finals and him coming back too early and getting injured. Mm. Like, there was a moment there where Kyrie, like, just was going off the deep end and just going, like, Kyrie flat earth on something and he lost yeah. me for a minute. But I think the overall like general sentiment was good from him. Cause like, I think it, everyone Brooklyn top down basically said Kevin Durant is not coming back this year. Kevin Durant is not coming back this year. Kevin Durant is not coming back this year because they, they got to like get rid of that expectation. So people, you know, all year aren't asking when's Durant going to be back? When's this, when's that? So I thought, you know, Kyrie kind of like getting out in front of that was a good thing. He obviously did it in his way of you know society forced Kevin Durant to play or whatever he was saying, but I think just in general that was like a good move for him. And I agree with you; it was a good, it was a good day for Kyrie. Um, he's he's off on the right foot, I would say.
0: Yeah, I I like that you brought up the the Durant stuff. I it's the <laughs> this is the one issue with us. Well, it's it's really it's kind of my fault because <laughs> I've been very, <laughs> I've been really busy with the good old uh, New York City housing market. This week, but uh, the, I honestly kind of forgot about all the KD stuff. Um, I think that their relationship was a little bit more clear to me um, after this press conference. And I, I hope I'm not stepping on an idea that I'm eventually going to write about. but uh, Or maybe I am. Maybe that's a good thing that I'm touching on this now and trying to sort of think through this. But um, I, the way that he stood up for KD and the way that he basically took charge of the situation said we're looking out for you we're looking out for you was interesting because he's four years kd's junior so it was interesting to see he's got this like big brother relationship with kd even though kd is much older he's much more experienced and i just think it goes to show that these are two guys with very different personalities um and i'm not going to compare myself to either one of these people (laughs) or players or athletes superstars whatever you want to call them i'm very loud and kind of uh brash as a person i tend to hang out with people that are a lot quieter i try to look out for those people i try to acclimate them into like social circles it's just like kind of how i am and i i think i saw a little bit of that in in Kyrie. and i hate like i hate that i'm doing the like oh i'm a sportscaster i can relate to yeah, Kyrie. Yeah, but, but like it's a lame take but it is like a real thing i think that that is a relationship that they have, and I, I like that. I, I, I'm i starting to understand how those two work together because when I first saw that they wanted to work together and play together, I was like, these are just two really s- kind of strange guys. I don't see this working long-term. These guys are going to get into an argument about something, but maybe it is like this sort of weirdly respectful relationships where they, they balance each other out almost.
1: I think for sure Kyrie is the extrovert of the two. Like, you know, Kyrie's the the more, I guess, outspoken one Obviously Durant, he's a superstar, so he he, you know, is just always hounded by the media, so you always hear about him. But I think Durant is more of like that introspective, a little more like um, you know, just wants to hoop. I mean, you know, how many times has he said that? That oh, I just wanna hoop, lot. I just wanna hoop. You know, <laughs> Kyrie, I think I think Kyrie is a little more uh a little more apt to, you know, put himself in the limelight. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I think you need, you know, especially with with this team there's going to be so, like a bigger media presence and everything obviously you're going to need somebody to step into that limelight and I think Kyrie's pretty comfortable doing it um, obviously, it didn't always work in Boston, but he has the experience of playing alongside LeBron. He has the experience you know of winning a championship in Cleveland, so I think for sure he's definitely able to assume that role
0: yeah i mean i I think that. For- for them, if you don't mind, I'm going to get into some KD stuff. KD. Yeah, go for it. KD was a weird one. I think everybody was really enthused, at least I've seen from fans and some of the media too. I didn't, uh, Just to, I'm going to be completely transparent about this. I was not thrilled with his press conference while being there. Uh, I didn't like his body language. He was slouched back in his seat. He kind of has this like. I get where he's coming from, and I think it is like a real disconnect that media. This is this is, I guess, me just being like philosophical. This whole podcast, but um, <laughs> there is like I think a real disconnect with how much players and media know. Like that, there's only so much that the media can learn from like reading other articles, or even like if they have like college or high school experience, YouTube clips these guys are in the gym every single day. They're exposed to these playbooks that are just ginormous. Um, They're trying out plays. They're working with different coaches because of how much they move around now in this league. They just acquire so much basketball knowledge just by sheerly showing up and playing uh, 82 games a season that I think that it's really hard for media and players to be on the same field, essentially, in terms of their basketball knowledge. So When Kevin Durant gets asked, you know, certain questions and say the media member, whoever it's asking, it thinks it's a really good question in his eyes. 90% of the time, it's really basic because even if you're describing like pick and roll action, he's just like, this is the most basic traditional play type, or I don't even know if you want to call it a play type in his eyes, uh, in basketball. So he has this way of carrying himself when he's asked a question that he doesn't think is great. He either gives you a really short answer or he kind of like almost sighs and answers it. I get that it's like kind of it can be frustrating to be in that position and answer things that are in your eyes really basic especially at being one of the best players in the world but I, there was this part of me that's like man you're like this team just offered you a 140 million dollar contract like that sucks that you have to go to things at work that you don't like but that's kind of the reality <laughs> of, of yeah. work like if your worst thing is that you have to answer questions for 15 minutes then like you have a, a pretty solid job but the more I kind of sat there, the more I I, I rewatched because I went back and rewatched all the video clips. The more I realized it, it it may be that he actually just thinks he's like sort of above doing these type of things. But I also think that it's really it might just be something he's not comfortable in. Um, he ever since he was a player in OKC, he's been described as shy. You know, somebody that's kind of reserved. Uh, he when he was a rookie, I was going back to read uh, old OKC articles just to prep questions for the presser. Um, and as a rookie, they were saying he like, you couldn't get a word out of him. So, Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering if it's just not an arena that he's comfortable in, you know, he's good at everything else in this world. He's a businessman. He's a, a, one of the greatest basketball players ever, but I don't know if he likes a bunch of people staring at him and asking him questions and making him feel like he's trying to trip up because he was so much different on that. Uh, that, what was it? The, I guess with yes network, uh, with Ryan and, uh, Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, so I like
1: uh, I was, uh, Sarah Kustock. Yeah, yeah, Sarah, Sarah Kustock yeah. and Ryan Rucco. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I,
0: uh, I, I, I think that that was the biggest takeaway. So it's one of the two. He's either being standoffish or it's just it's something he's not comfortable in, which just goes into how interesting it is that him and Kyrie are just such opposites in terms of personality.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think there's definitely something in it that, you know, the questions he's getting, like you said, are basic. I mean, did you see Deshaun Watson over the weekend? Like, a reporter asked him, you know, like, oh, did did you guys not go deep because of the coverage or something? So, so yeah. he said something like that. And Deshaun, like, everyone was like, Deshaun Watson dunking on this reporter. And, like, I was just thinking, like, th- that was actually – I mean, people want to say he got dunked on or whatever. Watson went and he, like, broke down the entire thing. He was yep. like, they're playing cover four up here. They got the safeties going out. Like, he broke down the He's whole dope. thing, and it was awesome. And it's like, you know, I, like, I love – when like lebron kd whoever like lebron will give like play-by-play like interactions where he's like well where they were hedging the you know the pick and roll i had to look for the split the double like i love when when athletes give that answer yeah you know, like those those types of answers and i mean obviously kd like he does I mean he probably does think he's you know above most questions but i'd love to see him you know maybe get more questions like that where he can kind of like go in on basketball stuff right because that's what he always said he always says oh I, I don't care about any i don't care about free agency i don't care about all that stuff i just want to play basketball you know hey if someone asks you a legitimate basketball question as basic as, as it is you know maybe give us like a yeah a decent answer because i mean whatever like it's not the end of the world if he doesn't give the media you know his full energy i don't really care like it's not gonna make or right. break the brooklyn nets future but like you said like i was just looking at twitter like there's people posting these pictures of kd like slumped in his chair holding the mic like it's i mean whatever like it is what it is but it's just like i think that's that's gonna be like four years of that with kd yep and then you're gonna get you know four years of Kyrie talking about different levels of consciousness like so (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting
0: it'll be interesting uh yeah, I and I actually it's funny you mentioned the Watson thing cuz KD was all over cuz he's he's I, what I like about KD is that he's like on Twitter as much as like anybody mm-hmm. else who likes basketball. <laughs> so yeah. he he uh he was he was actually on that thread like talking with uh I forget who it was. I think Russ Bennington, the guy that used to work at Slam, I believe they had like a really in-depth uh, yeah, I think conversation. You're right. It was good. It was a good, it was like one of my favorite things I've read on Twitter, which I like low bar, I know, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it w- it was good. It was like, it, I, I think it was two people kind of talking things out and, you know, I wish there were more moments like that where I think that because, and it, it's, it's both sides, you know, the media will take out clips and and uh or like parts of quotes and just you know you you get a a, whatever i'm not going to use an app because i'm not trying to slander anybody but you get an update from whatever whatever sports website you like Mm -hmm. and it's this fragmented clip that doesn't really at all describe what the athlete was trying to say uh and then at the same time you get situations where like a russell westbrook will completely shut down a reporter so i think that with the way the industry is i think that the that these two parties get sort of uh Forced against each other but it is nice if we could get a little more like discourse between both parties I, it's something i really i as as like as i get older i think that that's something that i want to try to get better at what i'm asking athletes questions is i want to make sure i'm not just being surface level and asking you hey like what'd you work on this summer like because that's just that's the easy way out like i i think mm-hmm. that there is something to that and-
1: Sometimes though, like there are good like good guys that ask that question because yes. there are guys who will, like who will, if you ask them just like the little like the littlest thing they'll go off and like uh, yep. you know I think um, who is it I think somebody uh, oh it was Kyle Maggio from the Knicks wall like asked Julius Randall a question about Mitchell Robinson and he like went off about like just you know more or less simple question about yeah. Robinson and he went off so there's some guys you don't need to like you know kind of lead them that much but there's other guys like. You know, like KD, if you ask him a very basic question, he's going to give you a very basic answer, and right. you know, nothing really. So, I mean, it's obviously it's not something you and I aren't these, you know, veteran seasoned reporters. But yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting to kind of figure it out as we go along and see what works. Um, For sure, you know, obviously hear what KD has to say. I think that's that's always interesting stuff to hear what the athletes have to say back. Um, but yeah, I mean. I think uh, honestly, a lot of the media stuff gets overblown in New York. hundred percent. It, it matters for sure. It's bigger. It's you know, it's as big or bigger than any market in the country. But I think to a certain extent, we over overrate this whole like, can he handle the New York media? Um, you know, when it all all is said and done, they're just it's five guys against five guys on the basketball court, and that's right. really all that all that matters. Right,
0: right. Now, and I think this is coming from like a selfish. I mean. The thing is, is like this media stuff and like what these guys are saying. There's no time, uh, more so than the present, where this is important. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think we're gonna go back and like maybe the Kyrie stuff comes up if like something goes really poorly. But like I don't see us coming back and pulling some of Katie's, you know, I guess like quotes from this this press conference. Mm-hmm. Like even the stuff about like oh we all Facetimed at four sixteen. I I don't think that that's gonna be something that people really remember long term i mean maybe it will be i could be wrong on that and it might just be like one of those things that maybe it becomes like a statement for the team but i did mm. I, there are like certain things i think right now in the moment it feels so important oh my god kevin durant said this kevin durant said this and really it's probably not going to matter <laughs> within like yeah. three months
1: I'll, i uh, I'll, I'll i'll agree with that i don't think you know we're spending whatever it is you know 20 minutes now talking about media day going on you know whatever but I don't think this is a media day that's really, like, we're going to remember for a very long time. I think it's, you know, kind of, there wasn't a whole lot, you know, said or not a lot to take away from it. Uh, But, you know, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. It is what it is. No. You know, we'll, we'll, I'm sure there's going to be enough storylines to go on um, once the season gets here. Um, Right. And then, okay, so you just brought up the 416 FaceTime what uh, would you think of DeAndre Jordan's uh, his his intro presser there? Because he, he's a pretty funny guy, right?
0: I didn't. I I knew he was funny. Like I, I've seen yeah. stuff. I've heard him on Barstool podcasts before. I knew he was funny. I he's one of those guys. Like when he says something funny, he starts laughing mm-hmm. as he's doing it, and like that. It, I think as a person, you either find that really like corny or you think that's hilarious. I always start laughing immediately when somebody's laughing when they say something. So I, I was like dying. I was dying and yeah. everything he said he like thanked apple he <laughs> gave this like yeah. this like kind of i think it was to christian uh winfield who <laughs> asked about the knicks thing and he was like i was only there for three months like he <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> he was yeah, just kind of yeah. messing with reporters the whole time he was like bra- <laughs> telling somebody that they uh that they asked three questions in one like it, i thought it was hilarious uh i thought he was super uh a, kind of like a refreshing notes and i i tried to i wrote a piece on just those three it was actually a really long piece that i did of mine mm-hmm. uh, especially compared to some of my recent stuff but um i thought he was a really refreshing act after those first two you know Kyrie was so intense and katie was so removed from it all that it was like oh it's kind of nice to like have somebody tell jokes and like just sort of take our minds off, like how how like just intense the last couple of hours have been.
1: Um, and we, I know before we we were before we even started recording, we referred to him as the big three, which is not really the case. DeAndre isn't at that level of Kyrie and KD, but I think that's also probably part of the reason why he's so laid back. Like, he's not, you know, what's the, he got to prove? He's, he's, yeah, he's not, you know, he's he's got his contract. He's had his great years. Like he's coming here to win, but like he's not gonna have to be like front and center all the time, right? You know, like like that's you know Kyrie and KD, like that's their burden to you know to shoulder. Yep, DeAndre, you know he's he's just gonna be a nice piece on a really good team. So I think he's he's in probably the best situation he's been in since some of those you know com- very competitive LA teams that he right. was on.
0: Yeah, he's in a good spot. He seemed like he was really happy about it all. And, uh, I, I, it was weird, like seeing him up there and doing all this, like this is the first time I considered him like a big three member because you don't, you're like, Oh, like this guy was like, it was huge for them to bring him with them. Like, I don't, if he decided to go somewhere else, I don't know if all this would have happened. Like, it seems like it was such a group decision that, uh, Mm -hmm. I, I, it was definitely interesting. Like he's, he'll be one of my favorites this year. He's kind of taken the, the Jared Dudley role okay, of like, yeah, being like yeah. the hilarious like vet that probably actually mm-hmm. provides a lot of knowledge to the team and like runs things as like quarterback of the defense, which is sounds like what Kenny Atkinson wants him to do. Um, but also is like just beloved by by the uh by the fans. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see. Was he was and, he really well liked in uh as a Nick?
1: Um like I mean he wasn't there long enough to really get over with the fan base. But what I will say is he was he seemed at least, you know, I'm just going off of the short time he was there. He seemed like he was well-liked in the locker room. He kind of, like, stepped aside to let Mitchell Robinson develop. Right. He helped him out. Like, he he actually, they worked closely together while he was there. So, I think, like, if you're looking at Jared Allen's development, I know there's questions that, I, and I've asked these questions before, too, that, like, his playing time will, you know, kind of, like, constrict Jared Allen's development. But I think they're obviously going to be sharing a lot of, the, like, they're they're sharing all the center minutes but i think deandre jordan knows that like jared allen's the future and he's willing to like kind of like bring him along it's not going to be like a situation where he's like i'm not going to let this young guy take my job i think he's gonna he's gonna be very big help for uh for allen and you know going against him in practice every day that's not going to hurt allen because he needs to get better against those big physical guys yeah
0: I mean, that's he's still one of the strongest, biggest guys in the league at the center yeah, position. Yeah, I mean, he's
1: he's not you know he's not all star DeAndre Jordan anymore. No. Like we all know that, but he's still good for you know he's still good for what he's good for. You know, setting high screens, rolling, getting rebounds, protecting the paint. You know what you're getting out of him more or less.
0: Yeah, and I I think it's been interesting to listen to uh, to Atkinson and just. Some of the older players, they've really been talking up Jared Allen. I, I know that uh, New York Daily News, I think it was Winfield, actually, mm-hmm. uh, just did an article on um, on Jared Allen being the star of day three of training camp. And they've made it very clear that, you know, uh, Jared and, and DeAndre are really going at it in practice. And Jared's mm-hmm. really held his own, like all this stuff. So it kind of suggests to me that, like, okay, I think we're getting Jared Allen as the day one starter which I think was a question, like a, an underlying question for this team, but definitely a question for a lot of people this summer. So it'll be interesting to see. They they just did a training day. This is kind of off topic. We'll get back on to media day. Although I don't I don't really think – I mean, I guess I'll say this right now. Karis Laverton. and uh, – Karis LaVert's really kind of a quiet guy, and he was only up there for maybe nine minutes. Dinwiddie wasn't – like he's a really charismatic dude. Um, not like the most interesting press conference from him – I, there was a lot going on at that point too that was when uh durant and Kyrie were taking their photos together so the media mm-hmm. half the media was up taking uh pictures on their own cell phones and stuff mm-hmm. like that so um definitely kind of a busy time for them to do that but he mostly talked about like cryptocurrency um and stuff yeah. like that which
1: was yeah kind of- that, that kind of lost me at that point not that it's not it's not interesting but uh, you know, I it's, feel it's like not you and I, you and I yeah, you you and I are basketball guys, you know. <laughs> let's talk about pick and rolls instead of uh Bitcoin or whatever.
0: Uh, yeah, it's not interesting. I hate to say it. and that was yeah. one of my least favorite storylines of this summer. I was like, All right, yeah oh, but, boy, we are
1: in we're in uh, August, aren't we? <laughs> he's another one of these uh another one of these nets with, you know, multiple uh interests and oh, you know, yeah. a lot of different things going on, which hey, good for good for Dinwiddie. No, he, it is cool. you know, like you said, he is like charismatic and you know, very bright guy. Like great Twitter follow. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure every every Nets fan listening to this also follows Dinwiddie. That's yeah. no secret. Um, but yeah, like you said, it was not not the not Levert and Dinwiddie were kind of uh, you know nothing nothing crazy there. Um, but let's get into let's get into some of the. Uh, I know you had some one on ones with guys. I did. I'm uh, going to
0: save that real quick. I would just like to say uh, on training day because I I'm going to lose this train of thought. I'm just going to forget okay, it because yeah, yeah. For uh, that's how my brain works. Uh, things will come up and then if I don't remember them, they're lost for the rest of the podcast. So um, yeah, th- it's they just ran out a lineup with uh, I believe it was Kyrie uh, Joe Harris or Kyrie Harris Joe Harris roadie and jared allen and people are kind of wondering if that's their starters. so kind of playing off the jared hmm. allen thing it was interesting to see roadie in there roadie was also yeah. one of my big takeaways is how much muscle that guy put on you know i don't know well, what the hell is going on with him but he, he is yeah
1: who knows with his situation but, but
0: he it seems like they're trying to push ahead and they're acting under the assumption that things are already worked out i don't want to put words in anybody's mouth but that's what it seemed like by the fact that they let him take questions um and that they let him you know that he was even there in the first place and that now he's like playing with the starters so it'll be interesting to
1: see um but yeah i mean he's 21 so or turning 22 soon so he's like i feel you know we forget that these guys are so young they're gonna get bigger they're gonna get more physical they're you know roadie was roadie was such a surprise last year and he did you know he did get bullied when he was playing that four spot a lot yep but I think he's got he's got a good body. He can grow into it a little bit. I mean, he's fast. He runs the floor. He rebounds. I mean, that's interesting. I, I obviously whatever's going on with his situation needs to be worked out. Yep. But I think he's an interesting candidate for that f- starting four because then you can save Prince for off the bench. That gives you a little more second unit scoring um, because that could you know that could be one of their issues that we've talked about before. You know that that second unit. Um, but no, that's, that's interesting. I like that. I like that road roadie takeaway.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, he's been, Oh, uh, also one last thing on roadie. Um, before I get into the one on ones, they had this weird little skirm. I don't want to call it a skirmish, but he told the media that he wanted to play like a Draymond green role, which like, okay, fine. Like I get that, you know, he's kind of like the, the, the prototypical four that guys want to compare themselves to. But Atkinson went to the media like they they asked him about it and he just shut it down he was like no like he can't he can't handle the ball well enough and <laughs> Like, the first time he's ever done that, it was, like, kind of jarring to read. I was like, oh, my God. Like, he really just (laughs) – it was like, no, this is not happening.
1: Atkinson, straight shooter, man. He's a Long Island guy. Right. He just tells it like it is.
0: It was interesting. And I I just – I wonder if it's because of everything else that's going on with Rhodey. Not even that, like, he's whether – because I don't need to get into, like, guilty or not guilty. But just that it's, like, a little – it's been distracting, to say the very least, to have all this going Mm. on with him and Wilson. So I'm wondering if, like – and that was kind of a little bit of carryover from that. The like key really shut it down. It, it was like not like oh like. Yeah, maybe it was like no, like we need to get on the same page. We have to have a That's, conversation about this. It was like kind of weird to read.
1: Ninety-nine percent of coaches, or I don't, I don't want to put a number on it, but I'd say a vast majority of coaches would have said something like, you know, like he honestly, there's no ceiling to his talent. Right. <laughs> like, like he's got so much potential. But yeah, I love that Kenny. No, he can't do that. Yeah. He can't handle the ball that well.
0: Hilarious. Yeah, he's Kenny's hilarious. Kenny is Kenny is absolutely like like he has been completely glossed over on press day that guy is just hilarious to watch interview because he's just so like flat with it you know he's like the biggest day in franchise history and he's he's excited like for Kenny but Mm -hmm. excited for Kenny is like me if you gave me like six sleeping pills or something like that like
1: (laughs) well you know what Actually, is is a good thing. And I, like, sorry to cut you off, but I don't want to forget this. No, I'll get the it. Kevin Durant thing, where he was like, "Oh, I watched YouTube videos of his uh, post game inter- interviews and stuff like that." I actually like Kenny is very good in like pre and post game stuff, like talking to reporters about like mm-hmm. analytics, like you know different schemes, maybe what they're looking to do. Like he's actually pretty good about you know getting into that stuff. Um, and that's, I, I thought that was so funny that, uh, that Durant mentioned that, that he said he did like YouTube research into him because yeah, he, I mean, he is like passionate. Like you ask him questions about, you know, like, Oh, you know, just maybe like non-basketball stuff. I could see why he wouldn't be like that interested. But when you ask him a question about like something going on in the game or whatnot, like he, like you can see, like, it's almost like he gets like a, like a glimmer in his eye. Yeah. I, I, I just, I mean, he's a basketball guy. You could tell like. That's, he's just, he's Mr. X's and O's. I'm, I'm I'm sure people can tell by now, but I'm a big, big Atkinson guy. Big you fan are. Of his. You're a huge yeah.
0: Atkinson guy. You and Evan yeah. need to get on a podcast. Yeah, like. that's right. Yeah. Evan, Evan just blasted Evan. him the same
1: <laughs> Yeah. We gotta, we gotta go at it. But no, uh, no, I, I like, I like Kenny. I I think, you know, not to get too macro into it, but I think there was a point last year where they were on like such a bad streak and i think i was even thinking man does atkinson does he have what it takes to uh me too to turn this around and then i was probably i forget the maybe it was after that thunder game but then they went on that huge run and i think now there's like almost no doubt that he's the guy you want you know long term Yep. yep which i'm not i'm not telling anyone anything they don't know yep but i think as you said, we kind of glossed over over Atkinson in the beginning, yep. and I want to make sure he gets his due.
0: He's great. He's really great. Yeah. Um, all right. We can. I guess we can get into one on ones. Uh, so I I interviewed. I so I okay. So the guys. I'll tell you right now. I like to kind of like give like a background story because you're like for people that are listening and that read me. You're gonna get an idea of like at least the people that I talk to or the people that garnered garnered like a, i mean basically we're up there on the podium but mm-hmm. the guys that had a lot of crowds first off joe harris had the biggest crowd of people i've ever seen around anybody people just i was like okay well we're not even we're not even on joe harris island anymore like this is just a mm-hmm. mainstream thing as i said joe, joe harris gone mainstream i might have to get off joe harris island no was, no, no, no no i was we joking can people we can't last do that. night yeah. i was like should i just like write this super slanderous joe harris column next year just to <laughs> be like against the grain
1: yeah i mean <laughs> Honestly, you're kind of you're kind of making me think that that's the way we should go. Now See, we should like, be the anti the anti Joe Harris podcast, the only anti Joe Harris Brooklyn Nets podcast out there. Clean, like, sweet. That's us. Why
0: doesn't he shoot ninety percent from the line? What's this eighty two percent about? Like, what yeah, the hell is honestly,
1: this? honestly, he's like he's like he's like a dollar store Kyle Korver. <laughs> Oh man, the uh, Harris I can't even Just... say with, I can't even say with this I can't I can't say with a straight face. I know <laughs> he's still my boy. He's still my boy. <laughs> you're
0: gonna like you're gonna like make yourself skip dinner. You're like, all right, all right, I, I deserve this. Like no dinner for that. Yeah, I,
1: yeah. <laughs> I said bad things about um, about Joe Harris on a podcast. <laughs> I have to punish myself now.
0: Joe Harris, huge crowd. Rhodey, huge crowd, which made sense. Um, Lance Thomas was a popular man, which told you that there was a lot of Knicks
1: reporters there.
0: Yeah, a lot of Knicks guys there. A lot of Knicks guys there. He had the biggest crowd of people, I think, of the day. People were asking questions. Uh, He gave this, like, I I think he's already just made the whole Nets fan base hate him. I actually kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty funny. But he basically said he's been, like, a Knicks fan since day one and all this stuff. So it was pretty funny for me. But other people were, like, pissed.
1: He grew up in New York, like he's he's from like New York. City. I I think he's from I forget if it's Brooklyn or Queens, Brooklyn. but he's from New so York. Brooklyn. Like it, yeah, Brooklyn. Right. Okay. So it makes makes sense why he'd be a Knicks fan. He play, yep. he actually I I I love Lance Thomas. Um, he played high school at St Benedict's in Jersey, which is like one of the best schools like around. And that for like a while there, it was I think it was his coach um, was one of the Hurleys. Then Bobby Hurley Senior was St Anthony's. And then you had Kyrie's team, St. Patrick, and those three teams, St. Benedict's, St. Anthony's, and, and St. Patrick, were within like a five-mile radius of each other. And they were like three of like the best basketball – like high school basketball teams in the country. Lance right. Thomas is like a – like I know a lot of people like just LOL Lance Thomas. Oh, you know, he's on the Knicks. He, he's kind of like, you know, a defender, not a great offensive player. People can kind of like turn him into a meme at some point. Yep. But he's like a he's like a New York basketball, like the, you know the metro area. He's 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 earned his keep around here. I yep. say, you know, and like you said, I know the comment he said about oh, I'm a Knicks fan, like everything <laughs> kind of riled up some Nets people. But like, oh, yeah. what, whatever. Like, I think did he didn't he say something about like he's still gonna wear his Knicks shirt or something? Was that? Or is that something like on Twitter that I saw somebody say and I'm just taking it way out of context. Now. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I just I, saw Yeah, it. all right. I don't wanna put I don't wanna put words in his mouth. Yeah. All I'm gonna say is Lance Thomas can do whatever he wants. Lance Thomas yeah. is he's he's fine. Like yeah. Nets fans he'll be good. He's a good influence in the locker room, solid defender, right. won't ever cause a problem. Nets fans, you'll like Lance Thomas. Just lay off of him
0: yeah he's a professional I, i'm not really worried about it like i'm not like he's not gonna like sabotage things He's not like an informant no, yeah. he's so, like he's dolan sl- <laughs> Just, like i informant. actually
1: i i forgot i i don't know who said it so i'm not going to be able to give him credit but someone on twitter said something about lance thomas being a, a sleeper cell sent by scott Perry. that's into, funny <laughs> uh, into brooklyn <laughs> It's gonna activate him when the Nets make the the Eastern Conference Finals nice. this year.
0: Very like Belichicky. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but
1: I don't know. I don't think. I don't think that's the case with the Nets. Um,
0: all right. I'm moving on to these three. I I guess so. I have a uh, a Nick Claxton piece coming out tomorrow. He was fun to interview. He, you kind of forget how young these guys are until you like see them in person. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he he just it like it's it's his face. You know, he's young. He's got like a couple like pimples here and there. You're like, oh my god, this kid is really twenty years old. I really I I've done a little bit of research on him. I'm not like a huge college guy, and I'll be, be the first one to tell everybody that I'm I'm just not. Um, I went back and watched some college stuff of him. I really you know I saw the stuff from Summer League. I like what I saw. I'm not gonna overreact to summer league because that's a really good way to look really stupid but Mm. um i i like him i thought that he i i the head he's got on his shoulders seems like he's i i feel good about what he's gonna do i don't know if he's gonna be like an immediate impact guy but i do think that there's gonna be a point where he's gonna play a pretty serious role for them uh down the line um he had this quote about saying that people called him the slim reaper in in college which First off, you're not going to get that nickname on the on the Nets, unfortunately. But yeah, <laughs> but I, his explanation is that you know he's skinny, but he's ferocious. So I like that one, and that is coincidentally giving away the title of my article.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, because I was going to say that was Kevin Durant when he was like young in the league. That's what people wanted to call him, and he's, he's like, still going he, by it. He, he, I feel like he shot. Didn't he shoot it down at some point early on? Like, oh no, I think he might have shot he, it down this summer. Actually, pe- people people still probably refer to him as it, but I don't. I don't think like he's a fan of that name. But yeah, I don't know. I could. I could be wrong. I haven't been keeping up on my NBA nicknames, unfortunately. Oh yeah, that's I, not I, my I've strong losing, suit. <laughs> I've been losing some track of, of that stuff. So, um, but yeah, the Nick Claxton stuff. I think um, who is it? Jordan referred to him as like a Chris Bosh type. I like that um, one. Yeah, no, that's I mean he's an interest uh, like you said. I don't know a whole lot about him. I saw some of his college stuff. Um but like you said, I, he could be an interesting guy for him down the line. I mean, he's he's long as hell. He's athletic. Yep. He, and like you said, he's 20. So he's young. Right. He's got a ton of potential. Um but did you did you get to talk to him or ask him anything about like G League? I because I, I
0: did I uh I asked him kind of about like what he's he he basically made it seem like he's just not sure like what mm-hmm. he's doing or playing. He's open to playing in the G League, but I think it's really up in the air. I mean, they I'm assuming they'll he'll have a, probably a lot better of idea if I talk to him this weekend, which I actually might. Mm-hmm. And they have practice at the park this weekend, so maybe I'll run into him there. But um, they uh, they, it's you know it, it was before training camp or anything really started. They'd barely really done any dri- like drills mm-hmm. or anything like that. But it sounded like he just wasn't quite sure what he was going to be doing. I'm assuming they're going to probably start him if they do, if they do start him and he's not in the G League, or he might toggle back and forth, um, kind of like they did with Musa last mm-hmm. year and, and Pinson a little bit. But um, I would assume that he's starting in the G League. I, I think that they're going to try and see what they can do with their veteran-level talent and see, like, okay, is Torian Prince like actually able to play the four for 30 minutes a game? Mm-hmm. And, like, can we run this— you know, just they're going to experiment basically with as much small ball as possible. Can we play David Noaba at the fork and like because that's mm-hmm. Kenny. You know, Kenny will play people anywhere. So, <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I mean, you played Jared Dudley as a center last year. Yeah, so. he
0: was the starting power forward for like three months. I was gonna, mm-hmm. I was honestly gonna blow my brains out. That was the hardest part <laughs> about that start of the season. Yeah, I
1: was like, what are we? Do- what is this team doing? <laughs>
0: Yeah, little like, I as know, you said, savior yeah, of the season by the very end. So. That's
1: true. I mean, he's gone now, but yep. but yeah, like you said, with Atkinson, he'll play. He'll play anything, or he'll play anybody anywhere if he thinks it'll work. You know, even as uh, as unconventional as it right. might seem. Um, but I don't. That's okay. So yeah, no. I mean, I I have to agree with you. I think I think Claxton is probably going to start in the G League. just yeah. from a from a roster and like a rotation standpoint looking at it right now it just makes the most sense i mean obviously if he were to like go crazy in preseason maybe he get he makes his way on yeah but i'd say like the percentage chance of that is just very very low right um but i mean the nets they had a solid the long island nets they were solid in the g league last year you know it seems like they have a decent kind of program going down there i mean we'll see what happens with you know musa and pinson and how they look this year yeah, um, but I I don't think it's a bad idea to to kind of stash Klaxon away for a little bit and let him get some time um, down down in Long Island.
0: Seems like they want to give Musa real minutes. Um, just judging by how much they've been talking him up, I guess he grew, which is kind of interesting. He's another got, young guy. Yeah, he's he's got the worst. Like I I don't know. I think he's probably taller than we all realize because he's kind of like hunched over. I don't know if you mm-hmm. watched him play much, but he's got like this weird like I've I've never really seen an NBA player with like legit like a hunchback. I don't know if it's like, scoliosis mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know. I don't, I'm I'm doing fake doctor stuff. I sound like a Twitter doctor right now, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
1: no, yeah, he's like a six nine guy, but he doesn't. It doesn't feel like he's you know no. knocking on the door of six foot ten or whatever you know whatever it is. Right. Um.
0: All right. So Claxon really liked enthusiasm. Was the biggest thing I got from him. He was also like really like. Seemed almost nervous to be there, which is like I thought was very different than a lot of these other guys. Some of the other guys were Mm. just like kind of bored doing it. So, uh, Mm. that was I thought that was really refreshing to at least be around just because like I was excited to be there. So it's nice to bounce that off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so who was more
1: excited, Claxton or Durant?
0: Oh man, you know, (laughs) Durant was the pinnacle of enthusiasm that no, it was not even close. It was not even close. Uh, yeah, it was like two different. Sides of the field, right there. Um, I, I actually. So I've been going through slowly. There's just so much, so much video and so much audio that I have recorded on my phone. It's taken me forever to get through all of the stuff that I recorded and that I needed to sift through. I finally am on like the tail end of it. My CJ Williams interview was really good. It was fun to talk with, and I didn't realize I think because I was kind of just like, you know, CJ Williams. I know I knew a good enough about but I also was just kind of like riffing off things. I mean, it was interesting to hear about the experience of somebody that like has been back and forth between the G League and, you know, you can call him what you want, mm-hmm. call him a fringe NBA player. He's shown that he has real skills in real situations, but, you know, it was interesting to talk with somebody like that because he was really candid about it. He was saying, you know, last few years I'm used to living in the hotel and the biggest thing I need is just like a, a routine, you know, whether that be like, mm-hmm. you know, just doing certain things in the morning, go to the gym at the, the right times. Like it was really interesting to talk with somebody like that. Cause you're not getting that experience with everybody. Some guys just, Oh yeah, I bought this place in Brooklyn. I'm excited to live here for the next three years. Like he was giving you a completely different perspective of like, Hey, I have to be in like, it's, it sounds like a, a bunch of cliches when it's like, Oh, this guy's out working. Everybody's the first to the gym, but he's like, no, I literally have to do that because I won't, be on the team in two weeks if i'm like you know i'm not feeling it that day or whatever i'm i went out the night before or whatever it is like yeah whatever it whatever it, it
1: may be right he can't it, have like a, a star can have those off days in practice sure. training camp what have you cj <laughs> yep. williams if he wants to hang around for a little while he can have those you know those right. off days
0: right which was cool like i enjoyed doing that and i'm excited i'm probably going to write an article on him tomorrow and i i'm really it was fun to listen to that again because he was really upfront about that. And it wasn't just like, you know, like kind of like cliched, like, I don't want, I don't know what else to call it other than like basketball interview talk, where it's just like, oh yeah, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, ah, this summer's been a good one. I've been working, I've been, you know, I lost 15 pounds or whatever the, yep. hell. <laughs> whatever the hell. people. I'm mean. in the best shape of my life. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> like it was actually, I think that it was something that he meant, which was cool. And then, uh, I kind of like him as a player too. Like he's, He's a he's like a, a, a creative cutter, like a little bit of a slasher. He's not like the fastest guy in the court, but he kind of finds his spots. So I've always kind of liked him. I really like anybody that's a former Clipper, as it turns out, okay. the last couple <laughs> yeah. of years, because they just seem like they go 15 deep every year and guys get cut, and you're like, why is that guy cut? He's good. So, mm-hmm. Like Sindorius yeah. uh, Thornwell, guys like mm-hmm. that. So yeah, yeah. No, good. I mean, I
1: don't, I don't, I don't foresee Williams playing a huge. Nope role in brooklyn this season but like you said it's interesting to get the perspective of those guys who are kind of like you know the definition of like a journeyman you know fringe nba player like you said i that's i to me that just it feels harsh saying that but like it's the truth you know he's a guy that goes back and forth between the nba and the g league like just makes sense um but no that's like an interesting thing and i think Just having a guy like that around who's going to push, you know, some of the other guys in training camp and stuff like that. Can't hurt. Can't hurt. Right.
0: Uh, Yeah, and it was cool. And the other thing that I liked is that he brought up Garrett Temple as, like, somebody that he is a mentor for him. Because you kind of forget that Garrett Mm -hmm. Temple was, like, really didn't get his start till like, 28, 29. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, really when he got into, like, there was a couple teams before Sacramento. But that's when I really remember him first kind of breaking onto the scene. So um i i thought that was interesting it was cool to hear that it's like you always hear about the stars and their experiences and even like some of the younger guys i mean this league loves young players so it was fun to hear mm-hmm. like a completely different perspective from somebody that's got basically zero hype and is just coming in there and it's they're just trying to keep the job <laughs> it's cool i was like oh, mm-hmm. i can relate to this
1: <laughs> he's bringing his lunch pail to work <laughs> yeah. man. i mean it's like a, it's like those guys are like walking cliches you know yeah. like like you yeah, know, coming into training camp, but no, nah, that's a, that's a cool thing. I, I yep. like we said, probably not going to be a big factor this year in Brooklyn, but, uh, an interesting story nonetheless.
0: Yep. Uh, last one, Tori and Prince. Prince was good to talk to. I didn't get a ton of time with him. I kind of got like, uh, the, the eyebrows a little bit from the, from the PR guys. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. we need you to get out of here. Cause I was one of like the last guys in there. See, so, yeah, I sound like actually like a cliche, NBA player right now, but I really yeah. was one of the last yeah. guys in there.
1: You, 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 you were the last one putting up <laughs> shots, yeah. getting my yeah. reps. Now you're, you're in, you're in pure media day form right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: um, that's how, that's how you know I've been li- listening to like little interview clips all day. <laughs> it's just such,
1: yeah, just exactly. replicating. Yeah, it. now now you're just yeah, you're just repeating what you hear.
0: Right, right. I'm embodying the uh, the, the media day persona. No, so. He was cool to talk to. I didn't get a ton out of him. Uh, The biggest thing that I I, like, honestly, the biggest takeaway was that uh, that, that Sean Marks said he was one of those guys, like, I guess like the, the breakout guy. He was the first guy he listed. And he said it was because he was going to be a good three point shooter. Which I thought was interesting, the way he explained it. Like, obviously, made sense. Like, okay, like I'm gonna if I can hit like 40%, that's gonna open up other parts of my game. You know, I can like drive and kick, and there's a lot of other parts of my game that fans don't necessarily think about. But I, I actually like when I asked that question, and it, it, yes, I did. Of course, ask the "What'd you work on this summer?" question, just in a little bit more eloquent mm. phrasing. Somebody has to. It's, I, somebody I, I had to do it. To I had it. to ask it to somebody because I didn't ask it to anybody. So, I was interested to see if he talk a little bit about his defense cuz i think that's been the hot button issue for them and um the first thing he mentioned is the three point shooting and i'm not i'm not trying to make like a point here be like oh he doesn't care cuz we did talk about defense before that but it was interesting to see that what he thinks that is going to be his breakout thing is his three point shooting and that's replicates everything that Dinwiddie recently came out and did an interview uh i think with lewis over at the post um and he said that it was, it was him and Harris who were head and shoulders above everybody else in terms of three-point shooting. So that was interesting to see that from from Torian Prince, just being like, I've been working on my mechanics, and people being like, yo, this guy can shoot it. So I, I think that'll be interesting for them. If they can have two guys that can really, really just knock down these, these spot-up catch-and-shoot looks um, from both corners, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. I'm, I'm interested to see how that offense works for them, because I think that people are going to underrate that. You know, you can do all you want and try to do like what Philly did and smother Joe Harris, but if you have Taureen Prince hitting 40% as well on the other side of the floor, I mean, it's going to be interesting.
1: Well, just I'll cut in because I have the stats right in front of me. <clears throat> Alan Crab shot 38% from three last year. Then Russell Wilson, or Russell Wilson, D'Angelo <laughs> Russell was 37%. Jared Dudley, 35%. Having another 40% shooter, if you know, if Prince can reach that number him and Joe Harris that would and open Kyrie. up so so much well yeah I'm not even thinking about Kyrie's three point shooting I'm like thinking of him like if you have Harris and Prince you know in the corners or you know at the wings wherever that opens up so much area for uh, for Kyrie to operate inside right. I think definitely the just three point shooting is going to be way better and like you said <clears throat> Torian and Prince obviously feels like that's a pretty important thing for him to establish in Brooklyn yeah. early um right. that's interesting i, I <clears throat> yeah, yeah. i'm yeah ju- i'm i'm just trying to visualize what what the the offense is going to look like out there but hey if you have shooters it it's all going to work around kyrie irving i think
0: right it makes more sense too if they're doing like spread pick and roll like the, that was the one mm-hmm. thing i'm, I'm li- listening to uh lowe's recent podcast and lowe's great i mean like he's bringing up how Boston things kind of were were awkward because they had guys that really didn't want to run a pick-and-roll system where they're kind of like ancillary pieces sitting on the – basically sitting on the wing waiting for shots, Mm namely Tatum and Brown. So the guys that they – that Brooklyn has surrounding Kyrie, it seems like they're going to be more acclimated to doing that, just being like, I'm going to sit here and wait for my look. You know, I'm not – especially Joe Harris can do like the sort of like pump fake and – sort of weave his way to the to the to the rim Torian prince I think is even less comfortable doing that so uh I it, it it'll be interesting to see how that offense works and I would like to say he did say that his goal is to guard the best player or the all star on the other mm-hmm. team um, so I don't want to make it sound like he's was like I don't give a shit about defense like he did say that but it was interesting to see that he brought up his shooting first mm-hmm. uh, I just want to say that because it sounded like I was slighting him and I wasn't
1: <laughs> yeah no 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 we we all know and I think I think he was he was for it was above forty percent on catch and shoot threes yeah. if I'm not mistaken last 43. year. Forty three, okay, yeah, forty three. You had that, you had that number ready to go. Doing um, numbers, yeah. No, I mean, like you said, that's having those catch and shoot guys. Ooh, that's interesting because, yeah, no, I can't, I can't process all the thoughts because I'm sitting here looking at basketball reference and like trying to imagine a million different things at <laughs> once. Um, this but where you yeah, a yeah, this is this is the start of it. This is where something something is born. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I I'm interested to see what happens with Prince because I think coming into it, he was definitely a guy I thought would be you know almost a lock to start. Right. But now you mentioned that you know rody has been working out with with the uh, or at least what looks like the starters so far. I'm kind of thinking I'm gonna talk myself into Prince off the bench because I think that would be an interesting. Uh, Obviously, he'd probably finish games, yeah. Uh, because yeah. I know they didn't. They didn't like. They wrote he didn't finish a ton of games last year. You know, here and there he did, but as the season wore on and you know things got tougher, I think you'd see Prince, you know, become the finisher. Uh, but that's an interesting. That's an interesting thought. Maybe a, a Torium Prince off the bench article is coming in the future. Who knows? Mm,
0: I like it. Um, I'm trying to think. That's about it. Uh, what are we? We're up to like 55 minutes, so we'll probably come close to, to winding this down. Um, I don't have a ton else on media day. I mean, I, I'll i be writing a lot about it. Uh, I, I feel like I could keep going on, but uh, that's pretty much my main takeaways that I've seen so far. I mean, we did just get 50 minutes worth of podcasts out of yeah. it. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. If you have any other questions for me, shoot them, but then I guess we can get into the random shout-outs and close this damn thing out.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to think, but there's nothing on the top of my head. I mean, we covered... You know, Kyrie, KD, and then all your one-on-ones. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think, I think we've got Claxton coming out tomorrow. So, yeah. By the time people are listening to this, go go check out Matt's Claxton article on EliteSportsNY.com. Matt yep. is our our great Nets writer, and appreciate that. His Claxton article is going to kill it. So go check that out, um, and then yeah, let's move on to ra- random shoutouts.
0: All right, I'm, t- I'm taking the reins here. Uh, Go for it. Speaking of Elite Sports New York, I met every well, no, I don't want to say everybody because I met like four people. <laughs> we oh have, like, yeah, yeah, employees <laughs> at this company. Yeah. So I actually didn't meet everybody. I met a couple of people. <laughs> uh, I went to a happy hour this week, and uh, meeting people online or from online is always like a really strange experience. Like I, I, consider this meeting you because we've at least talked. Like I know what you look like. Yeah, kind of know how I talk yeah, and stuff like
1: that. We're looking at each other. It's yeah. Right. I, unless you're catfishing me, which I, I don't know. <laughs> we've, we got we got to see. I wasn't at that meetup.
0: I'm not. I'm not dingwitty. I'm not like a tech guy over yeah. there. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not really my thing. But, uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I met everybody, and like most of my interactions are, are you know, on Slack or whatever messenger, and, um. And everybody was really cool. I had a lot of fun. Like it was a it, we have a really like diverse group, uh, and I don't mean like racially because it's just all like white guys there. But uh, <laughs> uh, I mean like just in terms of like what everybody does, like what everybody's personality is like, um, ages even. So it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie's hilarious.
1: Robbie's yeah, really Robbie's, damn funny. Robbie's a, yeah. Robbie's Robbie's hysterical. He's a, he's, he's a hysterical. Good
0: dude. Yeah. If you don't know, Robbie is the man behind everything at ESNY. He is, one, it's his baby, so uh, kudos to him for keeping everything up. He keeps us all on track of everything. He edits. He's going to edit this podcast. He's going to, you know, he adds music to everything. He does the visuals. Uh, He runs the site diagnostics. I'm probably forgetting 20 things right now. He does his own football coverage. He covers the the Jets hands-on. So he's very busy, and I was it was somebody that busy? I was like, you know, you never know. What if he could be really stressed out or he could be this? Nope, just the coolest dude ever. Just hilarious. He's ripping on us. He's making fun of me and mm-hmm. Jeff, who was also really fun to meet. Uh, and, you know, I was, it was great. I, I had a lot of fun doing it. It was definitely like one of those things that probably my favorite moment of this week was doing that. It was it was uh, super fun. I hope that we get more people out there next time.
1: Yeah, I'll hopefully be able to make the next one we do. Yep. I'm, I'm up here and in, uh, – in Upstate New York, most yeah. Long Island, Long Island people will call it upstate, but yep. I'm I'm up rockin County, so it just I, I had some stuff going on, couldn't make it, but definitely the next one, um, definitely looking forward to because yeah, like you said, it's always weird meeting people online, like in in person. It's always a little weird, but yep, yeah, no, it's that's cool. That's a good shout out. Yep, um,
0: the baby face gang got to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, for
0: sure. We gotta
1: take over. We gotta take over Brooklyn at some right, point. This right. year. Well, you know what it is. You, listeners get back to us on a date you want we'll do a live podcast at like a bar or like something like oh that. man you, yeah no, i like it we'll, well i like sit. that yeah, we'll, no we'll i sit. like that that would that would be that would be sweet but i think we gotta we gotta build a little bit of an audience <laughs> three beers Some in point. podcast
0: i like that yeah yeah seriously <laughs> <Getting> really seriously <laughs> that's when my joe harris slander comes up
1: yeah, oh, that's the thing. Yeah, once you once we get a couple of beers in us, the Joe Harris slander will be ripping. Oh man. Uh, um, all right. My random shout out is not. It's a cop. I'm copying out because it's still sports related. But uh, my Yanks are getting ready to getting ready mm, to start the ALDS. Mm. Whew, that's gonna be my Friday night tomorrow. I I like. I love basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport. Baseball is up there with it and close but basketball is definitely number one but playoff, like there's something about playoff baseball where just every pitch is just like butt clenchingly like just fun every single pitch feels like it's the biggest pitch you've ever seen in your life and obviously i mean i i watch mostly every yankee game so i'm more of like the diehard but i understand like baseball can be kind of boring it's tough to sit through like a three-hour game right but not playoff I agree. Me, playoff baseball is like you can sit there and it's like every like every pitch like you feel the swell of the crowd and everything. Um, but unfortunately, I mean maybe not unfortunately for my bank account, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to any games again for the second postseason straight because the last two ones I went to, one was a loss in the wild card in 2015 and the other one my buddy actually we got tickets like 15 rows behind home plate at cleveland and that w- it was like a crazy crazy extra inning loss so i made a firm pact i'm never going to another yankee playoff game until they win a world series because i'm clearly bad luck i have <laughs> to just sit at home and watch so i will be sitting at home tomorrow probably having a corona or two and just die- living and dying with every pitch
0: I love it, and I do agree on the uh, the baseball thing. That yeah, baseball, March Madness are probably my top two in terms of like suspense. And I would not yeah. put the basketball play on. <laughs> sorry. No, no, even like finals. I, I like, like eh. I like
1: the NBA Finals for or, and and, sort of. and just the playoffs in general for different reasons. Like it's not yeah, it's not uh it's not the most like uh, no, there's you're no not seeing suspense. upsets. And it, yeah, it, you're like, not seeing like tons of upsets, which like that's obvious. the obvious like one like thing NBA haters will always say is like you know who's going to win but i mean there's it's more than that like yeah. there's no the- a good seven game series where it's Steph Curry going back and forth with LeBron James even if you know the Warriors are still probably going to win at the end sometimes the Cavs come back from down 3-1 i mean you right. never know
0: um all right, uh, I, I think we're going to close this out, Danny. It's good to talk. I'm happy we got to sit through some of these things, and it seems like we 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 dived into a lot of topics. Yeah. Uh I, I like how we handled Media Day. Like we didn't just like read the quotes and <laughs> yeah. Like, that, I That's mean, I think i So <laughs> by
1: now, everyone, everyone, everyone has read the right. quotes. Everyone has you know given ten different takes on the quotes. Right, you right. Know, it's I I feel like. Like we said, there wasn't, there was not the most eventful day. But yeah. there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. There's some interesting stuff. So, hey. Yeah. It's, it's media day. It's in the rear view. Let's get ready to some, for some basketball. Because, yep. again, that's that opening night. That's all I'm looking forward to now. Yes, sir. All right, Danny. I will talk to you next time. All right. Thanks, guys.